What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack. And today you are listening to the 151st episode of the podcast. Welcome back, folks. Today we have a very familiar face on the show today. We have Mr. Andrew Schreffler, a.k.a. Schreff, making his 19th appearance on the podcast today. Schreff, how are you? How did your fantasy teams do? How, how was week one treating you? Uh, week one was great. Obviously it's always good to have football back. I'm glad you, uh, totaled the number before we started it instead of us doing our normal, you know, try to figure out how many it's been. So good job on that. Um, fantasy teams. I think I pretty much split my weeks had, had some teams play well, had some teams play bad. There was a couple big names that very much underperformed this, this first week. So that certainly hurt, but overall pretty, I'm happy. I'm happy. Who killed you? and from a bad performance and who killed you from a good performance oh let's think here so um definitely number one uh aaron jones oh boy pretty much i mean pretty much any packers player if you had him it seems like you were screwed i i happen to have him in one of my leagues um and it's funny enough that was actually one of the leagues that i still won but it was not like it it was not good to see that but he'll hopefully turn around trying to think who killed me on a good performance. I definitely played Tyreek in a league or two, which always hurts. But like when you, when you go against Tyreek, you know, you know, what's coming. So. Sounds exactly like me. Cause I had Aaron Jones and I went against Mahomes Tyreek uh, stack. And I, I had a good week despite Aaron Jones. I think I have one nineteen and a half PPR and I, I lost one thirty six to nine one nineteen or something like that. So yep. not great. Um, but yeah, yeah. So long season, a lot of football to be played. Um, so we will certainly bounce back today on the show. We have overreactions for week one. It's always a fun segment to do. I feel like it's gotten more popular over the years. I feel like a lot of people are doing this, but I'm ready to hear some, some bold and outlandish takes, probably, especially from Jack, maybe a little bit from myself. We'll see. And then uh, we will take a look ahead to week two. We'll, 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 you know, briefly preview some matchups that we're looking forward to and we'll give you our our locks of the week maybe we'll make it a reoccurring segment we'll give our locks of the week um going forward so yeah are we are we ready to get into it ready let's get in yeah let's let's get in uh so we each have three right does it you each have three uh hot takes slash overreactions Mm -hmm. um all right so kind of have four but we'll see 
we'll get to it. You'll we'll see. see. We'll see how we're doing on time before you get yeah. to the fourth and how long we're spending on each one. But we will let Sharef go first. You can, you can say your first hot take for week one. Oh boy. All right. So um, th- this is, this first one is one that I came into the season with. And if anything, the week one performance only solidified this take that I had. Um, and that is that the Rams are legit NFC contenders. And I would say even legit Super Bowl contenders. Um, they, you know, I mean, the only thing that really changed this off season was the quarterback. And that I think everyone knew was their biggest issue these last few years. Jared Goff isn't necessarily a bad QB, but I think in terms of how, advanced and complicated McVay's system can be. I don't think golf was quite able to live up to that responsibility. Stafford came in and I mean, it was, it was pretty much instant. I mean, he threw that, he threw that bomb in the first like five, four minutes of the game or whatever. And it was instantly, I knew I was like, Oh boy, if, if this defense can show up, I think this offense is going to be one of the best in the league. So I'd say, I mean, obviously you got the bucks over there. Um, but like outside of them, I feel like it's hard to come up with a real NFC team that you're like, you know, for a fact that they're going to be going far. And I, for me, the Rams are that team. Yeah, that's good. I, uh, I mean, even on Sunday night, he, uh, like the Bears got a pretty formidable defense. They're not, they got some pieces uh, missing from, I guess, what they were maybe, what was their dominant year, 2018 or 19? 18. 18. Um, yeah. Especially in their secondary. But I mean, that's still a, respectable defense to mm-hmm. do what he did against them. So yeah, I agree. I don't think that's bold enough. I think we need, we need to get, we need to overreact even more. It's getting, it, 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 it's going to get bolder. Don't worry. It's okay. Get, All right. But yeah, I like that. that. Was my I, like lead. That. I, I really wanted to get that one off. Cause that that's been one, like ever since they signed Stafford, I was, I've been very big on this train of like the Rams are going to be legit. I think people forget how good of a coach McVay is just because, you know, they had their Super Bowl year and then they've kind of been, I'd say underwhelming the last couple seasons. Yeah. But I think people forget that. I mean, McVay is still easily a top five coach in the league. Yeah, you should have uh, anyone who listened to our NFC preview, they Jack and I both have the Rams coming out of the NFC, Good. Uh, which I Good. feel like they're because they're not technically the favorite. I assume the Bucks would still be. So um, we are I see we're right there with you. Um yeah. I was gonna I was gonna put that down, but I kind of agree with Jack that I, I I wanted to make it a slightly more spicy. You're going even more bold. That's fine. That 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 was my leadoff take. We're gonna get into it. Okay, here. yeah, we'll all go in seceding order of yeah, least bold to bold. Yeah. Okay, all right, we'll do that. I'll go, I'll go second. I'm okay. sure Jack's gonna be the most outlandish, so we'll we'll save him for last. But uh, I'm trying to, I'm looking at my three, I, I'm trying to think of what what I would consider the least spicy take. I'll go with, we'll go this one. The Jaguars will get the number one pick again. Okay. I like it. I Still not too bold in my opinion, but keep going. Okay. Go. So I don't know if I said this on the podcast when we were doing uh, the, the last episode we did with the week one kind of preview thing, but I did have the Texans winning that game like outright. So I didn't, I didn't really necessarily think it was that, that much of a surprise that they won. And they won pretty handedly, too. I know that the Jags scored 21, but they scored a last-second garbage-time touchdown. So it was even, even more of a blowout than the score really even indicated. So, I mean, they're kind of a mess. I, I, I kind of said all offseason, but I don't believe in Urban Meyer at all. I think it, it's, just, it's just not going to work out. I don't think he's cut out for this. And the offensive line still terrible. And the defense is horrific. I mean, they made, they made Tyrod Taylor look like a pro bowl quarterback 
Yeah. Like he literally, he had a great game. And I mean, how, how do you let that team that was that bad and that void of talent in the Texans that everyone thought would be the worst team in the league? Like they, yeah, they scored it was bad. Like, oh, it was bad. I mean, how they probably scored the most points in week one. Who scored more than them? The Niners, Niners, Cardinals. but the Cardinals, Cardinals might have. Yeah, Niners and Cardinals, but that's Niners, it. Cardinals, and Saints. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So they scored the fourth most points in week one. That should not happen to a. It, the Texans are terrible. Like, and they They're made really them bad. look like a actually <laughs> a good team. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be a rough year for Trevor Lawrence, but maybe he'll he'll have okay numbers because he'll be throwing a lot in the second half yeah. of the game. So. I mean, he also had three picks though. He did. He did. He, he now is the NFL inter- interception leader. I do think they're I, I agree with you, Mitchell. I think their main problem is is their head coach. Um yeah. I I also like ever since they hired him was not a believer in Urban. I don't it, it's tough for a college coach like that to make that transition. And I think he's he's overwhelmed by the fact that like the the difference between like a good team in the NFL and a bad, like what's considered a bad team is nowhere near like the variance between a good college team and a bad college team. Like you'll see college teams go out and win 70 to nothing against these bad teams in the NFL. It just, it does not work like that. And I think that's going to take some adjusting. Right. Yeah. And I think the Texans are one of the oldest rosters in the NFL. And I know they're like, we said, they're kind of void of talent, but they have some, they have experience, like they're experienced players. So, you know, week one Jags have a lot of young and um, new pieces and, you know, urban himself in the NFL. So that could definitely, definitely caught him off guard for sure. And, I mean, I don't know. I think they could definitely be picking it, which is honestly not a bad thing. They already have the quarterback figured out. And they have a lot of other holes to figure out, but if they get another stud, then it's probably, it, they probably still want to lose, honestly, if I'm a Jags fan. Yeah, they're still at that point for sure. All right, Jack, let it rip. Uh, which one is my least full? All right, I'll go with this one. Uh, Mitchell, you'll like this one. Uh, the NFL leader in receptions will be Darren Waller. Okay. I don't even know if that's bold. Uh, tar- bold. It's a little bold for sure just because of the Raiders, but how many has a tight has a tight end ever led in receptions? He hasn't he had 19 targets. We that, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to say. Yes, he had like he, 20 targets. He had 19 targets. Do you know how many targets that their best three receivers had combined? 19. 12. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Henry Ruggs had five. Brian Edwards had five. Henry Edwards had nine. Um, he had 10 catches, 10 for 19. And an offense that's going to be throwing a lot, I anticipate. Because um, their defense is still, I'd say, subpar, even though they played decently against the Ravens. Um, that's, all, that's all I got to it. Yeah, so- it's it's going to be a lot of... Uh, there's no yeah. offense that I can think of that is so centered around, around one player except for Alvin Kamara on the Saints. Or just a, a offensive weapons that I've that lacks talent other than one, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because they really don't have – like I was going to say maybe like the Panthers with McCaffrey, but they – But they, they got a lot of other talent. They, they have yes. a good receiving core, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, in terms of lack of talent, Raiders are definitely at the top of that list. I know it's not sustainable whatsoever, but did you do the math of how many targets he's on pace for for the 17-game season? Well, I mean, receptions, which my prediction is about, he's on pace for 170 receptions. 
Mm-hmm. Well, he's on pace for 323 targets. 323, yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, 19 is literally an absurd amount. Like that is that just that is insane. So yeah, I would love it. He he came through for me. I needed him to get 21 mm-hmm. fantasy points, and he got like 21.3, and I ended up winning in a league. So that uh he is he is a bad man. So I would love that. Uh Shref, what is your bold take number two? All right, we're gonna go individual here. Um, this one I, I think it's bold just because of the amount of other guys who are would be who will most likely be in the running for this, but um Kyler Murray will be this season's league MVP. Wow, you guys are just like really stroking the ego of my dynasty team here, but continue. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I've uh, I mean I've Jack knows I've been on the record as an enormous Kyler Murray fan. Um and this that first game against Tennessee was absurd. I mean, I, I think coming into the season, everyone thought Tennessee was going to be like one of those one of those top AFC teams. And I'm, I'm not saying that they won't be, but it, it was in, it was insane to see how quickly the Cardinals just went out and they were like, nope, sorry. Kyler made a couple of the most insane throws I've seen. People talk about like the Mahomes throws that he makes, and he's obviously great. But Kyler made a few that I was like, oh boy, there are not many guys in the league that can do that. And I mean, obviously he can run with the football. He's going to be scoring a lot of rushing TDs. And as long as that receiving core stays healthy, I mean, Hopkins is still a top receiver. Christian Kirk put forward a great performance. Love seeing that. You got Rondale Moore just hanging out there. AJ Green, it, the, the, this team, and, that, and now their defense also looks to be where it should be. Um, so it, all the stars seem to be aligning for this to be his year. Yeah, he's he's literally he is Lamar Jackson, but can throw so much better. Um, like he just he's an equal threat in my opinion with his arm and his legs. Hundred percent. And he's um, he's just so fun to watch. He is my favorite player that's not in the Steelers. Yep. Like bar I'm none. On, I agree. He uh, yeah. So they start with the Titans. Obviously, they kind of handled they handled them very well. Win by twenty five. They play Minnesota this week. And they play Jacksonville, so three very shaky defenses to start off of the year, and he could get off to a really fantastic start right out of the uh-huh. gate. So um, I'm sure Jack would say that's not bold enough, but I'm sure he's still not. He's probably still outside the top three, and I would assume, it, but I would assume he is. But I can certainly see that happening as well. I just I want to add real quick to, to temper to taper expectations maybe um i don't know the titans defense not not great mm-hmm. pretty bad i don't disagree he played fantastic but that's just something to note yeah no i, I for me the big thing that i saw was i mean I, I watched a good amount of cardinals games last year just because of how much i enjoy watching kyler murray play football but the one thing i noticed the last couple of years was i i, I didn't like I'm not a huge Cliff Kingsbury guy. I'm not um, either. But it, I mean, he was he was really letting Kyler loose this first game, which I feel like he there there was a lot of times last year where I felt like the play calling didn't exactly line up to how explosive Kyler can be and how mm-hmm. many plays he can make just by himself. So it it was nice to see him let loose, and I'm hoping he continues to do that because clearly it works. So okay, you can't stop him. There's no way you can prepare for him. I don't know no. how you. No. Yeah. My second take is something that I'm sure Jack could probably guess, but 
and he may agree with this, but Antonio Brown is the best receiver on the Bucks. Ooh. He'll finish with the most yards on the team, the most touchdowns on the team, and he will be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver this year. Uh, I agree. I Watching him play, I mean, I know I shouldn't like it, but I do. Um, <laughs> guilty pleasure. <laughs> the, like, he's just so incredibly good at football, and, like, I watched him so closely for so many years, and honestly, like, it's just – it's a disservice to the sport when he's not in it. I don't care like what kind of person he is. Um, like he's just he's still so the good. same. Yeah, like yeah, I think the true. issue was there was no issue last year. He still played fine last, like when he the second half of twenty twenty. Um, but like, he wasn't as dominant as he could have been because he didn't play football for a year and a half. And that I mean, even the best receiver in the game that's going to take a toll. Um, That'll cause his game to take a hit when he returns. But I mean, he's back fully acclimated to this playbook and offense, and he looked fantastic. And I completely agree. I I think I even said that during while watching the game. He's the best receiver on on that on that team again. Or like now, I, I said it on. I may. I honestly don't remember what I say on the podcast and not on the podcast because sometimes it all blends together with all how many episodes we've done and feel like I talk about all these points like a lot anyway but he like he was on pace for last year he played eight games and if you extrapolate that to a 16 game sample size 90 catches 966 yards and eight touchdowns and that was without playing football for a year and a half and he's he I I just don't he's going to get a thousand yards I think that's a given to be honest I think he's going to have double digit touchdowns and I think he'll have 95 to 100 catches there's an extra game like it's all lining up and right I think he's going to – there was also the rhetoric as well, I guess, in the fantasy community that Brown has good standalone value, but if Godwin or Evans, one of them, gets hurt, he skyrockets to a top-12 receiver. I don't even think he needs them to get you hurt, think he already to is be one. honest. Yeah, I, think, I, think I agree. He's going to be right there. If mm-hmm. not, I think he'll be close. So I'm yeah. really like – I was trying to get him in all my leagues, and I, I only I have got him in a dynasty. few. I only have him on my dynasty team, but that's it, so – I think another thing too is, I mean, he, you have to remember last year, he was, he was only just getting acclimated with like Brady and all them. Like the, I mean, this is his first, I, I guess this is his first full season with him. And I, I yeah. feel like the way Brady operates, he doesn't discriminate when it comes to who he's throwing to. Like if you're getting open, you're getting the ball from him. And if I had to make a guess, I'd say Brown's going to be the guy that's going to be getting open the most often. So definitely. All right, Jack, number two. All right. My second Boldest take, maybe. Oh boy. Christian McCaffrey will have 3,000 scrimmage yards. Whoa. That's insane. That's, <laughs> I, I was, that, I was just doing, I, I was just doing bold. the math. I, I was doing some mental math in my head. I got like, some oh, math boy. for you. I got some All math right. for you. Yeah, let's hear the math. I'm so looking he had, forward to this. He had 30 touches in week one uh, for 187 total yards. That's 21 carries for 98 yards, nine catches. Caught all nine of his targets for 89 yards. Uh, I mean, he is on pace for it. Uh, he he, they get 3,000 scrimmage yards per game for a 17 game season. You only need only need to get 176 total yards per game. He got 187. Um, and this was in a game where, I mean, he is the running back, so they 
hand it off to him more. I'm just thinking like game script wise, like they were ahead most of the game against the Jets. Um, I guess you would revert to your running back there. I mean, he's both like it doesn't even matter. He's game script proof. Like if they have a lead, they're going to pound the rock with McCaffrey. If they if they're scrambled to get points, he's that offense is he's the safety blankets of safety blankets. Um, I just. Well, OK. And also, I also wrote down uh, the record for scrimmage yards in this season was Chris Johnson, 2009, who had, um, I think, like two, 2,500 or 2,600 scrimmage yards per game in a 16-game yeah, I have season. It right here. It's and 2, he had 2,509. Yeah. And he had – that's 156 scrimmage yards per game. McCaffrey just needs to get 176 scrimmage yards per game. Thoughts? So – I mean, it, it, it sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud, but you think like he, like, it's not out of the, is honestly, would it, would it surprise you? I don't know. I don't know if it would necessarily completely shock me, like extra game. And obviously he gets all the volume. He got 30 touches and that was like light work for him. Yeah. I also wanted to share the statistic. I said it in our group chat, Jack, but. There's been five, only five running backs to finish on a weekly basis as the number one, the RB number one overall in fantasy points PR. without scoring a touchdown. And he is one, he's, he's done that twice out of the five in the past decade. So he was the number one overall running back fantasy point wise PPR scoring and without scoring a touchdown, which is yeah. unbelievable. It just, yeah. So, wow. It, that's something. It's a lot of yards. <laughs> how would you, a lot how, of yards. Last thing before I guess we'll move on to our final takes here, but how would you see the split between rushing and receiving go? Would it be pretty much even, or what do you think if that were to happen? Uh, I think it would have to be more rushing because they have receivers to throw to. Like, I think maybe like 1,800, 1,200. Okay. Yeah. I think the one you're going to be banking on a lot of like, especially in like maybe in the receiving department, you're going to be banking on a lot of like long cat, like not long catches, but like a lot of, you know, catch and like go for like 40 yards. Like he's going to have to rip off a lot of monster games. It's yeah. It's going to be, have to be like what you just said, Trep, a statistical anomaly of how many big plays he has. He's going to have yeah. to have more than what you would consider average. Even for him, he's going to have yeah. to have more than them. So but you never know, man. If anyone's going to do it, it's him. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you credit on that one. If anyone's going to do it, it's him. Nice. Now, Derek Henry will rush for 3,000 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, our final hot take to week one. Uh, Shrep, what is it? All right. Uh, I think you guys will appreciate this one. Um, going back to a, a, an overall team here. But I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be the biggest letdown in the league this year. Um, that certainly may be a Nova reaction. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a week one overreaction if I ever heard one, but I want mm -hmm. to elaborate. I'm going to roll into it here. So, I mean, I think you guys can attest to it. I, I, I didn't get to see all of the Steelers bills games, but, uh, or of the entire game, but I saw enough to where I know that it was not a very pretty game, um, by any stretch. Um, and it's just one of those things where, I mean, the bills came in this year as probably what, like a top three favorite to win the Super Bowl, I'd say. And um, you can't lose, you can't lose a game at home 
under those circumstances when, when the Steelers came out looking at that they Steelers did not look good to start. I mean, they, they turned it around. Their defense is obviously great, but that's not a game that a Super Bowl contending team should be losing at home like that. And the way that I kind of thought about it, the more I kind of looked into this a little bit, I really think that that last, that this last year with them, they, I mean, the Bills fans haven't had excitement like that, like this last year in a long time in general. And I think as a team and just as a, as a whole with the fan base, I think they're, they're starting the parade a little early. And I, I just think they're going to get hit in the mouth more often than they're expecting to. And I, I don't know. I, I'm, I love Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is great. Um, I don't know if he's been in a lot of situations. Like, I feel like a lot of times last year they were, they ran away with these football games where it just wasn't close. I'm, I'm interested to see these situations look like it was in Pittsburgh when, you know, teams start coming back on him. How, how are you going to, how are you going to react to it? And this first week for me just was not, was not promising. Okay. Well, they definitely, I definitely agree. I think one of the things that the most stood out to me in the game was that their offensive line is, I think, worse than people thought there were, I don't know the exact number, but, there was just hold after hold after hold in the first half. And maybe that has more to do with the Steelers fantastic front seven. And, you know, we can get pressure with only rushing three or four guys. Maybe it's more of a testament to that, but they couldn't stop holding us. You know what I mean? Like they, we were just blowing right by them. And um, so that definitely stood out to me. I think the offensive line is a little bit more of an issue than people would like to realize. And uh, yeah, they, I didn't have them winning the AFC East. I had the Patriots winning the AFC East. So which, you know, that hasn't looked great, you know, through one week so far. But Yeah, and uh, also, like, before Jack goes quick, I, I, I want to read off some of the games they're playing this year. So, you're going – you got Washington next week. Should hopefully be a win, especially with Fitzpatrick out. But you got Chiefs on the road. You got Titans on the road. You got Saints on the road. You got Bucks on the road. Oof, that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it wasn't – the Brown, or the, sorry, the Bills didn't play up to what everyone was expecting them to. Um, I don't think they had a bad game. I think they had a bad half. I think they played fine in the first half. Um, they were up 10 nothing in the first half. Their defense shut the Steelers down. Um, I know it was only uh, 10 points, but they put up 10 points against maybe the best defense in football in the first half. So I think that is somewhat of an accomplishment, but I mean, the Steelers just, I guess, halftime adjustments, they really just took over in the second half. Um, not an awful take, I'd say. I don't know. I still think the Bills are going to be just fine. Hey, we're overreacting, you know? Yeah. The name of the game. That's what it comes down to. I did, yeah, for the overarching point, I, I they, the Bills didn't get, I feel like, if I, if I remember correctly, the Bills didn't get into too many, like, like slugfest games last year where they were like where teams were just kind of trading off and on with momentum like I feel like the Bills dominated a lot of their games last year so some of these games that they're going to be coming into I'm, I'm just interested to see if, if they do happen to get behind like can can Josh Allen can Sean McDermott figure out a way to come back on these teams and squeak out some wins and it, I mean just at at home with that crowd I, I was very surprised to see them to see them drop that game yeah something to take note first place schedule this year they haven't had that in a long, long time. So something to take note of as well. My third and final hot take slash overreaction for week one, the New Orleans Saints 
will win the NFC South and be the number one seed in the NFC. Wow. They slaughtered, not just beat, but manhandled. It was ugly. Supposed one of the best teams in football. I was more down on the Packers this year. I had them missing the playoffs, Ref. I'm not sure if you heard that, but I, uh, I, 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 I did. I did hear that. I, I didn't mind that take at all, honestly. So they manhandled one of the supposed best teams in football. Jameis Winston couldn't see <laughs> until he got his laser eye surgery. So I now was, he can yeah. finally see the football. He could see when he won the national championship. No, not really. Uh, but the offensive line's fantastic. Sean Payton is still a top five coach in the league. I feel like people just take him for granted because he's been there for so long and has mm-hmm. sustained success. And I feel like this is the point we brought up on the NFC preview as well, Jack, but is Jameis really a downgrade from Drew Brees? It's just a different kind of football, but is it worse football? I don't think uh-huh. so. He was super efficient. It was on his display Sunday. I know he threw for, a, you know, it was kind of a weird stat line with the, the low amount of yards, but he was efficient. He Got a lot of touchdowns, and I think he's going to play fantastic this season. I had the Saints going eleven and six in the um, in, in my preseason prediction, which I feel like was a little bit higher than most people. Well, now like but, for, for that to come true, for your bold take to come true, like I think they got to go fourteen and three. Minimum. I know. I in in obviously like if it, if gun to my head, I'm still going to you know pick the Bucks, but I I I wanted to be bold. So Saints, I th- I, I think they're going to be. I feel like people were just discounting them a little bit this year i think that was completely mm-hmm. unwarranted I, I think that they're still going to be great and they, they'll make it work and you know thomas i guess will be eventually back halfway mm-hmm. through the season so yeah i'm rooting for the saints for my fantasy 100%. team's sake i uh i have michael thomas on several teams so i mean i'm i'm rooting for them to be good and then michael thomas will want to come back as soon as he can so that's what i'm thinking yeah that, um, i was gonna say point. Yeah, I, I was I was out on the Saints at when Taysom Hill was considered their starting quarterback. Once Jameis was announced as the starter, I was I was right back in. Like, I mean, the Saints, like they they're like a college team in a sense where they they never really rebuild. They just kind of like reload. Like it's one of those. Like I don't know. Like they they, they just keep hanging around. And now with Jameis there, I, I think I agree with you, Mitchell. I don't I don't think Jameis is a downgrade from Breeze at all considering how how breeze looked last year i would i would i would maybe argue it's an upgrade honestly yeah if he it just cuts it's always the case with him if he just cut it down on the turnovers and i think if there's a guy that's going to be able to do that it's going to be sean payton and we could really see a career revival and Jameis could be the franchise quarterback for eight years for the saints so i would love that i would love nothing more right so also had a great post game quote too yeah yeah <laughs> uh all right so jack what is your third and final take well i said i had four i decided to parlay them into this one in this one one take okay it's the and old- this and the, for the record this is jack's spiciest take because he saved it for last so it should be the most bold <laughs> it's the most bold and also the most homer pick for myself oh here it comes <laughs> What's it going to be? Chase Claypool rebounds and gets four thousand receiving yards. <laughs> the Steelers, forty-five sacks. The Steelers and the Cowboys will both be playing in conference championships. Wow, that's the definition of a homer right there. My God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thoughts. Cowboys aren't doing that. Neither are we. But 
The Cowboys even, looked, even more so. The Cowboys. I I even though they lost, I I could not be more pleased with what I saw out of Dak and the Cowboys. I don't disagree. I um they played great. With with as many as many Cowboys games as I've watched over my career, I just I can't picture a world where they are playing in an NFC championship game. Played well really on one side. They played well on one side of the ball. Defense. Their defense still couldn't stop still, anything. Their defense is still. That was they're playing against probably one, the t- top Lawrence, two offense. Demarcus Lawrence broken foot, by the way. Yeah, I know that happened after I wrote this, but. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, he's backtracking. He's backtracking. <laughs> uh, I mean, they play that the Cowboys offense and deck that was against a top three defense in the Bucks. Um. I don't know. I have no concerns about the offense. Dak looks just like he did before, and the offense is going to be great. That's that's a given. But they're, yeah, they're, they're I, um, not they're not doing that. The way I like the difference is like with the Steelers and Cowboys. I think the Steelers have a better shot at doing that just because the Steelers always find a way to make the other team play their type of football. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think Dallas ever does that. I, I I feel like Dallas is always kind of at the mercy of what the other team's doing. Like you saw, like you saw it against the Bucks. The, the Bucks were the Bucks were pouring on points, and Dallas like, all right, we got to start pouring on points. They there was no focus on stopping the Bucks. It was just all right, we just got to outscore them now. And that I, I feel like that that's a consistent theme with them is they're always trying to figure out how how they need to play against the other team instead of just being like we're going to come out and play our brand of football, and these other teams are going to have to figure out how to beat us. You know what I mean? That's fair. But as a whole, I think that the Cowboys can have a top three offense and at best, like an average defense, middle of the pack defense at best. And I think Dak's a good enough quarterback and leader to get him there with those two things. Also on the Steelers side, um, I guess they proved by being the Bills on the road that they're, they could still compete with anyone really. I said conference championships because I just there's no one's beating the Chiefs in my opinion. So, um, anyone else other anyone other than the Chiefs, Steelers can beat in the AFC. Uh, yeah. This is a quick rant. I just want to get it off my chest real quick. It's not it it is it has to do with the Cowboys. It's not like they're necessarily their team success. It's more about fantasy. I I cannot tell you how many TikToks I've seen. <laughs> All these fantasy football accounts on TikTok saying there's so many top three trade targets are by lows. <laughs> Number one, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott is done. I don't care. He is not <laughs> like I'm done with him. Like I would not want him in fantasy at all. I was avoiding mm-hmm. him all draft season. I don't I, I know they play the Bucks and they're the best rush defense in the NFL. And I'm not taking anything away from them. But I said this a billion times when I went out. I went out with uh, Connor and Sibby on on um on Thursday when we were watching the Buck Cowboys game. Tony Pollard is better than Zeke. I, I Shreff says that all the time. I say he, it all the he time. He is better than Zeke. He is. He, he's more vertical. I mean, Zeke, I've, I've never. I, Zeke is slow. Man. Last year, last year was the tip of the iceberg with people starting to realize it. But I mean, like that. This is why everyone says that you can never give running backs these huge contracts because it, it, it's so it's so hard as an NFL running back to come in year after year and put forward a, a, a good season. He. I mean, you see it at every care. Like he, he's not ripping off like those. I remember like his rookie sophomore year or whatever. He was ripping off these like 20, 25 yard runs. He just, he just doesn't do it anymore. It just doesn't happen. He's got worse and worse every single year of his career. 
and he people's best shape of his life. That's that is crazy. They say it every year. <laughs> so yeah. I know, that, I know that's number report. one coach speak in, in oh, training it's the best camp thing and everything. He's in the best shape of his life. Yeah, he's never looked better. But it's uh, it grinds my gears. Like, no, he is not a buy low. I don't want Zeke Elliott. If you have him on your fantasy team, if I were you, I would sell low. Yeah, well, because I was going to say, like, buy low. You're not going to be able to buy low on a first-round running back. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, so in my opinion, if you're the guy, sell low. Get, recoup what you can. Because mm-hmm. in my opinion, I, only, I, don't, I don't buy it. I, I think, all right, I, we don't spend too much time on it, but I just wanted, <laughs> to, I just wanted us to get that out. No, there. I agree. I agree. Glad you agree that Pollard, greater sign, Zeke. Mm-hmm. All right. We will transition here uh, for the final portion of the show to week two matchups that we're looking forward to the most. We don't know who each other. I mean, maybe you guys know who each other pick, but I we could have we could be some overlap here. I feel like we picked this. Are, wait, are we going games or what games, games we're looking forward to most? Games first. I yeah, feel like we yeah. picked. We all picked this. I feel like there's one clear game that there, there's is one the most exciting game. that I put down. Game that I wrote down, but I'm I won't be choosing that one for mine. So one of you guys can certainly take it if you want to. I'll start. And that game is the Cowboys at the Chargers. And real quick, I'll just roll with what I, with my sentiment about the Cowboys. Um, I, I want to take the Cowboys to win this game. This overlaps with my betting pick. I, I think Cowboys plus three and a half is what I, the bet I like most this weekend. That's Jack's lock of the week. Yeah. Lock it up. I'd even go as bold to go Cowboys money line at plus 170. Um, back in the Cowboys, as I just said, and as we saw on Thursday, they can, can they competed with the best team in the league, probably with the Bucks, second best. And they almost had it. And I think that was, a, in my opinion, at least a pretty obvious no call at the end that they all kind of lost it on with Godwin pushing off. Like I, the game was right there in their fingertips and they're hungry. Um, I, I mean, and, and about the chargers real quick, I, the chargers, I still think are a great team, but, and yeah, they won last week, but they barely edged out a win against a Fitzpatrick was Washington team. So uh, they're all Cowboys also getting Zach Martin back. That's a plus. Um. Yeah. Also, Herbert in the Chargers' first game in SoFi Stadium. Another interesting note, but uh, that's why I take the Cowboys in that game, and that's why I'm most looking forward to that game. They're first in it with fans. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Jack, just to, this is this the game you thought was obvious? I, mean, I um, thought the I thought you were talking about the Ravens and Chiefs game, but if, if you want to tell, because I. I I listed Amen. three. I listed three, and those were two of mine. So I so, so I'll take the okay. other one. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can go ahead with that one. I was I I wrote down Chargers uh, Cowboys just because I thought everyone was going to put the Ravens Chiefs, but hmm. yeah. No, I um. So I I have I had Chiefs Ravens. I had Cowboys Chargers. But I I mean I would be I'd be disappointed in myself if I didn't if I didn't talk about this game. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Eagles Niners on this one. Um, and I mean, as someone, it, maybe if you're not an Eagles fan, this might not be as intriguing of a game for you, but I, I think part of it that made this intriguing, like if, if the Eagles go out last week against the Falcons and either lose or win by like only like a couple points, I probably don't list this game, but I, even as an Eagles fan, I was shocked to see how 
like they didn't score a ton of points, but it, it, it was a, it was a dominating win against the Falcons. I know the Falcons stink. That, that is very clear, obviously, but I was very impressed with Hertz. I was really impressed with Smith. I thought Rager played a nice game there. A lot of these guys that came in this season as question marks came out week one and played very well. And then on the other side, the Niners, they, I mean, they, they had the Lions beat, what was the halftime score? Like 28, seven or 28, 10, something like that. Like it was complete domination. And then they did let the Lions back in, which I thought was a little interesting. I'm, I'm more, I'm really just seeing, I want to see if the Eagles can string together. I'm not even expecting them to win. Obviously, like I'm obviously going to pick the Niners in this game, but I'm very intrigued to see if the Eagles can keep this close. And if Hertz can come out against a legit defense and play some good football. Yeah, I, I see it. I, I thought the Eagles were going to get off to a, um, a pretty good start to the season. I thought they were going to take the Falcons, and I think they'll be competitive in this one, and I think they can give the Cowboys a run for their money. I mean, Jack's not going to agree with that. but And you said the Eagles didn't score a lot of points. They scored 32. That's a decent They scored 32, amount. but it, it, it was uh, like it, it, it got off to a slow start is what I mean. Like they, it was, um, they had that Smith touchdown early on, and then it felt like they kind of stalled a little bit in the middle and then really turned it on towards the end. But it, it like, when I say this game, this also stretches into the first, like a little bit of the season. I mean, they, they go, if I remember correctly, they go, they go Niners, Cowboys, Chiefs, three straight weeks. Okay. That's not so fun. I'm like, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see this stretch to see what they're, what Sirianni's made of. I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm very hopeful with him so far after seeing what I've seen it. I, I feel like it's going to be a fun game, even if you're not a fan of either of those teams. Okay. Yeah, and also, I guess this is a good transition to uh, our locks of the week, but crazy that the Lions covered last week. Insane. They were eight, eight and a half or nine-point underdogs, and they it get an like onside kick, the and then they, they, they get it to 30. They get it to 41-33. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so yeah. funny. Bad beats. Not funny for some people, though. Bad beats. But luckily, you can avoid that this week when you hear our locks of the week, and you can exactly them in your parlay. So. <laughs> yep. Jack, did you have any other one besides the Cowboys uh, plus three, or was that, that nope. your one? Lock it's three and a half, yes. Three and a half, okay. Uh, Sheref, you can go ahead. What is your lock of the week? Yeah, so I, um, Jack, I will say I, I put three down just because I didn't know which ones you guys were going to take. Cowboys plus three against the Chargers was one of mine, so thanks for taking that one. Um, the one that I'm going to go with, I'm going to be taking the Bengals plus one and a half against the Bears. I... I, I liked what I saw. It, it, it's a mix. I, I liked what I saw out of Cincy. I thought Burrow looked very good. Jamar Chase clearly can see the football, which is good to see. No, no issues with the no white lines. He figured that out pretty quickly, I guess. Um, and then on the other side, I the Bears as a whole didn't necessarily look awful against the, the Rams. I thought they had some good moments. I do not like Matt Nagy, and I very much do not like Andy Dalton. So I'm going into this assuming that Andy Dalton will be playing this entire football game. Um, I obviously I didn't do any research on this, but like watching their offense, I don't know if I saw Andy Dalton throw a ball more than eight yards down the field, maybe like the entire game. Um, and that like if your defense is is shutting down the other team, that's something that you can probably get away with when the Rams are coming down and scoring at least a field goal pretty much every drive. You can't you can't be coming out running the ball up the middle first down and then letting Andy Dalton throw like three yard outs for the rest of the drive. It's just not going to work. Um, so it, it's definitely a small line with the plus one and a half, but I, I like the Bengals. I like the Bengals a lot. 
Great. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you might as well just go money line. Yeah, I take the so, money line too. I think they'll win that game. Not uh, not in on the Andy Dalton revenge game. Narrative. Never, never mm-hmm. have been, never will be. He's I, I, it, it, it boggles my mind that Matt Nagy hasn't. I, I understand this whole. It, it really annoys me. I'm gonna go on on, on a on a slight rant here. The people who like use that the Mahomes example in terms of like letting a QB wait a year before you get in. One, Alex Smith was a very formidable quarterback that season, like very formidable. Yeah. And also, like sitting Mahomes for that year didn't change the way that he throws the football. Like he, it, it would have been good if he played, right? <laughs> I'm sure, like, like yeah, like I'm sure it would have taken him whatever four or five games to get like to get it under his belt to figure out what's going on. But like, it's clear, like the talent's been there the entire time, and I think it's the same way with Fields. I mean, it, anyone with two eyes can see that Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. And apparently the only person who can't see that is Matt Nagy. I think so you only need I, one eye. Yeah. Yeah. You, you <laughs> might not even need, you might not even need eyes. You, like you can just you listen can to hear the, it. Yeah. You can just listen to the sounds that, that you can just, yeah. You can just listen to the sounds that Fields makes when he's running with the football. That's all you got to hear. But it, like, Brady, I'm good at football. It, yeah. It, yeah. That, that's all you hear out of Justin Fields the entire game. So it, it, it boggles my mind. So as, as long as Andy Dalton's the starting QB, I will be looking at any bears game and looking at that line very heavily to see what, see what it's looking like. Okay. And did you have one more? The other one I had was Titans plus four and a half against the Seahawks. Yeah, um, could definitely okay. bounce back. Yeah, t- Titans looked awful this past week, but I don't think that takes away from the fact that, I mean, o- offensively, I think they have one of the most talented offenses in the league for sure. Defense looked really bad. Um, but, you know, the, the Seahawks the Seahawks always start off the year hot, but they are one of those teams who can come out and just kind of lay an egg once in a while. Um And I, I believe, I think they are, I think the Seahawks are at home, which definitely changes some things. Um, at least I th- I mean, they might not be at home actually it's in seattle okay so it is in yeah. seattle but i i understand the crowd's going to be a factor there but i like top to bottom roster i think the titans are a better football team so plus four and a half i feel like i'll take that all day okay i have two run through them real quickly uh number one don't have to spend too much time on it it's the rams minus three and a half uh we all said how we like the rams a lot they looked amazing on sunday night football and I just think they're going to dominate the Colts. And I think three and a half is a little too low. I think them they're going to win by a touchdown, in my opinion, at the, at the minimum. So I like the Rams there. And also, this is probably my double lock. I think that I'm even more confident in this one I'm about to say. But Broncos minus six. Love the Broncos. The Jags, I mean, I'm pretty much just kind of saying the same thing I did before. The Jags are terrible. I think they're, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. And I also found a very interesting stat as well. And maybe Jack have heard it on, on this other podcast that we listened to, but do you guys know Teddy Bridgewater's record against the spread as a starter? Oh, it's probably so good. I know. Take it. a guess. He, he, he has started 50 games. My, if, if I was going to guess, I bet against the spread, he probably has single digit losses. Not quite. <laughs> no, that's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm getting bold. No, he probably has like what, like 15 losses or something like that. 16, He's 36. 13. Yeah, I, I had him at 30. Yeah. I, I, the one I saw was 36 and 14. But either way, it's it's really good. He even has a better career on the road against the spread. He's 22 and three. This game is on the road. I, I think Broncos six and a half. I think they're going to win by. Yeah, play the odds, sure. 
Broncos have a team that I saw a, uh, there was a little like sideline mic'd up thing with Von Miller and he was talking to Teddy, like when the game was winding down and he was basically telling him, he was like, I haven't felt this like on this team since, since 18 was here talking about Peyton one, one, what an absolute shot at Drew Locke that is, but two, <laughs> two, I, 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 for, I've, I've always been a big believer in Teddy. I, 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 you know, that injury sucked and then he found his way back with the saints a little bit. I, I really think he found his home there in, in Denver. I, I really like that team. Yeah. And just, just, you, you don't bet against Tay Bridgewater against the spread. You don't do Can't it. Do it. He, he covers, he may not win them, but he covers, he covers. Well, he's got to win this one. They're, he's got to he win will. this. They're touchdown gonna, favorites. He will win this one. <laughs> They're going to. Yeah. But ever now that I know that stat, I might, I'm going to hammer that every week. I don't care who they play. You always got to take them against the spread. All right, folks. Hopefully we can win you some money. Um, hope you enjoyed our ridiculous takes. Um, share some of your own. Comment on this episode, post on Instagram, what your own hot takes are, what you're looking forward to for week two. Uh, you can do that at Hogline Podcast. Um, thank you for Mr. Tease for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Shref, for coming on. We always appreciate it. Thanks, boys. And yeah, we will catch you next week with another episode. And have a good one. Good luck. See you.